0: We are kicking off a new series this morning as well called Always Only Jesus, which I think is a pretty appropriate way uh, to to start a year, to be able to start a series uh, focusing on what is most important in our lives, what should come first, what is the number one thing that we should have in the forefront of our life, and we know that that should be Jesus. And so we want to just take this few weeks in this series to unpack some of the the teachings of Jesus, some of the the principles of Jesus. Uh, the New Testament that he leaves with us, some of uh, his journey and his life, and, and just really unpacking uh, that time that Jesus spent on earth, and how we can learn more about him, how to, to put him first, how to live out that calling that he's given each of us. And we know that it always starts with a decision to put Jesus first. Does that sound good for the month of January? It's good. There's about three people who are, who are pumped And then everybody online, I can hear you in your lounge rooms, thumping the coffee table, pumped, it's good, but I, well, at least I'm excited about it, it's good, but we're going to be uh, looking at a a few verses this morning, out of the book of Matthew, we're going to be looking at Matthew uh, 13, 31 to 34. So it's three short verses uh, out of a a teaching of Jesus, he's in in this chapter, he's talking a lot about horticulture and gardening, actually, my favourite topic. Um, as if you know me, you would know I'm a, uh, they call me green thumbs. Um, if you've been to my house, you'll know there are luscious plants everywhere. This is all lies. Uh, I'm shocking at gardening. But Jesus is, is in the middle of just teaching in all these parables. And we're just going to pick up on one of these in, in verse 31. And it says, here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Verse 34 says, Jesus used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. And I think one of the really important things to understand about the teaching of Jesus is that he was very deliberate about using these parables, very deliberate with his illustrations, very deliberate in, in his teaching. I think it's one of the things as we learn about Jesus, it's really important to understand as we, we look to learn out of the scriptures and the teaching is that he, he taught in these parables. And there was a reason he taught in them, There's a, there, there was a reason then and there why he was sharing the illustrations that he was using. But they're not just appropriate to, to, to then and there, they're actually appropriate to here and now as well. And so as we're reading through it, I think it's really important as we understand Jesus and understand more about him, that when we read these teachings, they're not just random stories. They're powerful illustrations on how we can live our life, how to view the world that we live in, not just through what we're reading, but today. And that's what I love about the the scriptures and the Bible is its relevance is as important back in the day when it was being written and spoken and acted out as it is right now for you and me living here today. And there's so much power in these scriptures that as we kind of learn and, and break them down and, and apply them to ourselves, they're going to make our lives so much richer because of the teaching that Jesus spoke <laughs> thousands of years ago. And so we're just picking up on these short verses today. And this teaching that Jesus is using, is, he's talking about it's the illustrations of the kingdom of heaven. And I think it's so important for us to understand the kingdom of heaven because we are dual citizens, if you will. We are citizens of earth. We're citizens of this earth that we live in right now. But for those who follow Christ, we're also citizens of the kingdom of heaven. In fact, one of our main roles as citizens of the kingdom of heaven and and as followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, is to bring heaven to earth. That we live by two sets of rules, if you will. We live by the, the rules that we're governed in here, but we also live by the rules of the kingdom of God. And so why it's so important to pick up on these teachings is because we need to understand principles of the kingdom of heaven if we're to live them out right here and now and so jesus is using these illustrations to teach on the kingdom of heaven the people that he was talking to live face to face as he's sharing these parables had their own opinion on what the kingdom of heaven would look like when it came to earth they had opinions of what the messiah was going to be like what was going to happen Great overthrow of government, the, a, new, a new way of, of doing things, a living, a new show of power. It was all this, this new kingdom is going to come and this is what it's going to look like. And so Jesus begins to, to teach them in parables that they'll understand about the kingdom of heaven and what, it, what it's really like. I don't know if there's anyone here and you are dual citizens. I was talking to someone who had done a citizen's test to, to become an Australian citizen. And I wasn't sure I was actually going to pass that. Um, I don't actually think... If they made me do this test, that I would pass. I'm not sure if, if someone said, can you answer these questions or we're going to send you somewhere. I could end up in New Zealand. I don't think I know. My six-year-old son knows more about geography and Australia than, than I do. It's at the point now where I actually have to be careful how I answer things. He said to me the other day, is Canada at the top of the world? And I was like, I just genuinely don't know. I was <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, yeah, yes, kind of. And he goes, oh, well, so-and-so said it was here. And I was like, oh and so-and-so was probably your mum who's heaps smarter. I'm like, getting outwitted by a six-year-old. Like, my life is just a general pop quiz at the moment. It's like, hey, do you know who invented it? No, I don't. <laughs> ABC kids, maybe. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus is genuinely teaching them, teaching us, what does it mean to live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? And he uses this Illustration. You can imagine being there listening and, and Jesus says, and the kingdom of heaven is like, and you can imagine what the people were thinking. You know, it's going to be this powerful kingdom that's going to rule over everybody and it's going to take my people out of oppression and, and make them powerful and, and rulers and leaders. And, and he goes, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a mustard seed. It's like a what? It's like a what, Jesus? It's like a mustard seed. I did not even know what a mustard seed is but I do now because I bought a packet of mustard seeds. And when Jesus says it's the smallest of seeds, they are tiny. Like I'm not even taking the risk of opening this bad boy because I feel like it's gonna go everywhere. See, I was like, Zoe, when you go to the shops, can I add something to the shopping list? She was like, yeah, sure, what do you need? Because I need mustard seeds. I was like, I need enough mustard seeds because on Sunday when I speak about the mustard seed, I wanna give everyone a mustard. There's no point in me giving you a mustard seed. That thing's so tiny, like you're just going to lose it. When he says they're the tiniest of the seeds, they, they're the tiniest of seeds. Can you imagine that moment? The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Mustard seed's tiny. Like you could plant all of those and probably never find them again. And just for good measure, he's like, it's also like yeast. My second favorite hobby after gardening is cooking. So I'm right here with Jesus. Like the yeast, like, does anyone even know what, ye- I don't even know what yeast looks like. The only reason why I know what yeast does is because I read the Bible. Like I literally, like, no good reading a Jamie Oliver book, just read the Bible. It tells you, you just put three parts of flour and a bit of yeast and woof, you've got bread. It's like yeast, the thing you don't even see. She, the lady puts it in the bread and it, and it grows. That's confusing teaching if you thought the kingdom of heaven was going to be this great, powerful, game-changing force. And Jesus comes out and says, actually, the kingdom of heaven is like the smallest of insignificant seeds. That one day will turn into a bush or a tree and birds will come and land on it. I, I, I find that, can, you can, can see how people might find that confusing. Maybe not what they wanted to hear. But see, what I, one of the things I think Jesus is trying to get out here is that to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, you've got to be okay with small beginnings. Small beginnings. Tiny, tiny little beginnings. See, we know the kingdom of heaven is the thing that's going to change the world. That it is going to be all the grandeur that that we hoped for. That it is the the rescue of people, all these things. But it started with a, a baby in a manger. That we just celebrated. The most humble way you could come to earth. The Messiah could come to earth born in a manger. You know, one of the things we discovered over Carol's season is that the one character in the Bible that you don't want to be is the innkeeper. The guy that sent Jesus to the manger. Like the most unpopular of all characters. But you've got this, this guy who come, this, this comes as a baby. Small beginnings. Doesn't begin ministry for 30 years. He's a carpenter lives out his life? Small beginnings. That's a lot of time of small beginnings before anyone would say Jesus did anything of significance. Now that's not true, but that's how you could view it. He just wanted the show. If he just wanted all the miracles, if he just wanted three years of Jesus' life would be what everyone was waiting for. But there were 30 years of just humble beginnings. Small little seeds. I don't know about you, but sometimes in, in my life I despise the small beginnings. Like I look and I, and I see and I go, I just want that thing there. Like I can see it in my eyes. I can see the, I can see the end goal in mind. How many of us set goals to start the year? I know when I, when I was doing this and what led me to these verses was I was thinking about what I wanted out of this year and I was already at December 31st, 2022. <laughs> like I could see it. I'm, like, I'm at Christmas. All these great things have happened. And then I felt like God was asking me, like, what's the plan? Oh, I don't know. Like I just... That's the goal. Like, I just want that big thing and I want it, but, but what about the small beginning? What about the first step? A friend of mine, he, he planted a church in, a, in another country and he was moving, he was taking his family and I was like, what's the scariest thing about this for you to, to go somewhere that you've not lived in a long time to, to go plant a church? And he's like, honestly, it's the zero to 50 of my new church because I can see... Campuses everywhere, I can see thousands of people gathered, I can, I, can, I can see all of that and I know exactly how I'd do that. I don't know how to get from zero to 50 in a new place. Are you scared of moving? Nope. Are you scared of taking your family? Nope. Are you worried about money? Nope. I'm just worried about how to take this small little thing and grow it into what I can see that God wants it to be. So often we despise the small beginning because it doesn't have the grandeur of the end goal. But without the small beginning, there is no bush. We've got to start small. And I just wonder at the, the beginning of this year as we're thinking about what's ahead for us and we're thinking about the, the goals we might be setting or what, what we might want to do with our lives this year. I love the, the, the welcome that you shared, Dean, about a new song, a new year, a new thing. What is your new thing and how are you going to start that? It might seem small and insignificant to you. But God calls us to start in the small. Small humbly, trusting him with what he's given us, that he would grow it. You know, the next, next thing out of this that I feel like comes is it's, it's a small beginning. It's not despising the small beginning, but it's also realising that it comes in incremental growth. The, the mustard seed doesn't just go from a tiny little seed into the, the, the bush. It has to grow. But I know in, in my life, sometimes I, I, I give up because it's incremental growth. I'm like, yeah, cool, all right, the small beginning, it's good, I put the seed down. Now, when does it get really big? You know, a couple of years ago, I decided I, I wanted to change some of my like, health and fitness goals. It's like, it's just time to kind of look after myself a bit better, and remember, I was actually talking to one of my friends, Ben, he's, he's here today, and I was like, he's, he's a fit guy, how'd you do that? Um, can, you, can you help me do that? <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the trick, you know? And he's like, well, you're going to go to the gym, <laughs> And here's some things that you can do. And I remember going the first time and I was like, I, don't, I, don't, I think this is where my life ends. Like, I was feeling sick and, and like dizzy and got to my car and I was like sitting in my car. I was like, oh, I honestly think I'm going to die. Like, what's he done to me? And I got home and managed to get home. And it's not, a, it's not a long drive, which was good. So I got home and I laid on my living room floor, I reckon, for a good hour and a half. Like, couldn't move, couldn't stand up, dizzy. And I was I'm like, I, this is awful. And eventually it kind of like, it wore off. You know, I went and had some lunch. I'm like, it's good. And I like went to the mirror. and I'm like, cool, am I fit yet? <laughs> I'm like, because that was real bad. Like, there's got to be some difference, right? And I remember doing this for ages and the, the, the bad feeling got better. Like I felt less sick as I got kind of used to it, I suppose. But not a lot seemed to change straight away. I remember like, what's the deal here, man? Like, what kind of program is this that you're writing? It's not doing anything. He's like, it's been two weeks, three weeks. Like, just keep at it. And slowly over time, incrementally, it began to make a difference in my life. I began to feel fitter. I began to feel less sick. I began to be able to lose a little bit of weight and be, and, and be healthier. But so many times the way, I'm like, this is just not doing anything. And it's the right people being able to say, hey, no, like, just, just stick at it, and it'll make a difference. Here's a new plan. Here's a different plan. Try this take another step, You're getting, that's not working anymore, you, you take, try something a bit harder and incrementally along the way you begin to see change and growth. You can see it in your finances if you, if you want to be smart about your finances, you can't just go, I don't want to be rich tomorrow, like very few people win the lottery, like I'm definitely not winning it because I don't have a ticket, but I'm like you don't just get rich overnight, it's incremental changes to your finances, incremental changes to your parenting, to your work ethic. To all the different things in our lives, if we want to grow in those, we have to incrementally grow. It doesn't go from being tiny to a great bush overnight. There are things that we can do, like in a a gardening sense, you you can water your gift, you can you can sow those seeds and you can help them and you can you can try and help them grow. But as well as that, we need to just trust that it's in God's hands. That as we as we put the seeds down that He calls us to put down, we trust that they're growing. And trust that it's growing. And as we, as, we, as we lay another one, we trust that he's using it the way he wants to do it. But that we're not just going to get to the end and go, oh, here's one seed and bang, tomorrow we're going we're gonna to see the result of that. Some seeds might take years to grow into what God wants them to. Some might grow really quickly. We can't control that, but we have to just play the waiting game. You know, the, the last one that I kind of wanted to, to, to pull out of this is that the kingdom of heaven is others focused. You know, when you look at the two examples of the, the mustard seed and the, the yeast in this story, what does the yeast do? It helps the bread rise, helps it grow. It goes in there and it's spread and the bread grows. The seed, do I need to switch this one out or? We're all right, yeah, cool. <laughs> I think that means we're Okay. The seed becomes this tree that birds take refuge in, that provides shade and shelter. You know, if you want to know the the seeds that you're putting down of the kingdom, are they others-focused or are they about making us great? Because sometimes it can get confusing. Going, am I doing this for me, or is this about the kingdom? You know, our world that we're citizens of, this earthly world will tell you to put yourself first, do what you got to do for you. What's that saying? Look after number one. The kingdom of heaven says we need to be others focused. That these seeds we put down are not for us. They're actually for others. But one of the things that I've learned over my short journey in in, in the church is that no matter how much I think I'm doing for the kingdom or for the church or for Jesus or, or, or however you want to frame that, It does way more for me than I could ever do for it. That my life has been changed way more than anybody else's life that I've ever been a part of seeing changed. That the more hours and resources and time and treasure I seem to be able to put into the kingdom of God. When the motives are right, it always makes my life better. Like if you gave me a pen and paper, I couldn't messily write down a better script than what Jesus is scripted for my life. I mean that intentionally. And, and, but the motives. sometimes you get it wrong along the way and you, you see something and go, oh, that's a good opportunity for me. But the kingdom says you've got to be others focused. And there are benefits that will come to you. But the reality is as we build this kingdom of heaven on earth, we need to be focused around other people. When you look at the life of Jesus, he took next to nothing. Went around on his journey, hung out with people he who, who, who was accused of he shouldn't be hanging out with, spent years teaching and, and healing and ministering to people as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, humbly coming to earth to make a difference in the world. I love this picture at the start of, of 2022, thinking about what are my mustard seeds going to be? What is it that I'm going to take that Jesus has put in my hand and what am I going to scatter? And with faith, believe that he will grow. Some might just get lost along the way. Some might take longer to grow than others. You know, as a, a small challenge, one of the and we, we talked about this earlier, one of the, the great mustard seed things you can do is inviting someone to an alpha. It's a really small thing just to say, hey, do you want to come to this church party with me? Come to this event. There's no pressure around it. Why don't you just come to it? It's a really small, insignificant thing to, to just do. They might say yes, they might say no. They might come and, and have a great time. They might come and go, yep, yeah, that was fun, but not, not, that's not for me. It's a really small thing to do. But you know what it can do is it can grow into something that changes someone's life completely. Because the amount of people that walk into Alpha, just an invite to a, hey, I'm going to this party, do you want to come? Music and food, it's just a good time. Good people. And they come in and the. Whoa, this is not, and so often, whoa, this is not what I expected. Oh, I'll come back next week. And every time we've done an alpha, we, we get to the end of it and there's, there's someone who's been completely away from Jesus and church and gone, that's not part of my life. So how do I make this more a part of my life? Not everybody does, but every time there are stories of people whose life have been transformed. Why? Because of a little, a little invite, a little seed. I just want to encourage you, grab a card from the Connect Lounge there or, or somewhere and, and just invite someone along. You'll be surprised what could happen. But in your life, where, where else are there mustard seed opportunities? In your family, where is there a mustard seed opportunity? In your workplace, where, where, where can you be scattering these seeds? You know, this year is going to be interesting in a lot, in a lot of ways. I, I, I believe it's going to be a great year. But you know what it's filled with at the moment for a lot of people is uncertainty. It's uncertain what happens in a few weeks' time. It's uncertain what it's going to, there's no way of kind of looking and and predicting what things will look like in December 31st. We don't know. I have some friends who who work in a production world and I saw a post the other day of them setting up a festival that got cancelled years ago and it was like this rarity. They're like, how rare is it that we would set something up that doesn't go ahead? Like that's become the norm. So they, they can plan something for, for next week and, and then suddenly it doesn't, it, it doesn't happen. It changes. We're living in an ever-changing place. But you know what I love is that there's certainty in the kingdom of heaven? So there might not be certainty in this world that we live in right now. It's unpredictable. Not sure what could happen. Not sure what we'll, tomorrow will necessarily bring. But I am sure about what tomorrow looks like in the kingdom of heaven and how I'm called to live in that place. And I'm like, if I can just start there, not afraid of the small things and allowing God to grow me over this year. I know that I'll get to the end of the year and there will have been growth and change in my life but also that I would have been part of growing the kingdom of heaven and living out that calling of bringing heaven to earth and seeing other people's lives enriched and changed, not because of what I can do but because of what God can do with a tiny seed. The reality is we are all like these tiny seeds. Short amount of time on earth, all kind of different gifts placed in different places, planted in different spots during the week. But yet all called to grow and build this kingdom. And so my master plan was to actually hand one of these out to everyone, but it, it really is pointless. <laughs> so you can, you can pretend to take one of these at home, or you can, you can come and get one at the end if you really want to. But I want to just leave you with that picture. As the, the team come out, we're, gonna, we're just going to sing one more song together. But what does it look like to have Jesus at the front of us? It's to be carrying our little seed around, following after him, planting them wherever we feel called to, trusting that he is going to grow them. And where I scatter my little mustard seeds this year and what I do with the little mustard seed that is my life this year will be very different, probably to what most of you do. What the person next to you does probably will be different to to what you do. But why I love gathering together is because we all go during the week. Even to be able to gather online last Sunday and people who are gathered there now, we're a part of this tribe together. Tribe of mustard seeds, if you will. But then we get to go out and actually do something about it. And so the challenge I wanna leave you with is not, hey, here's three things you could do to be a better mustard seed because that's not necessarily gonna be helpful. Or here's some ways that you can build the kingdom, there are are lots of practical ways and happy to kind of talk to you about that during the week or or after the service but the reality is each one of you will know in your world, in your family in your workplace, in your school as a part of this tribe at True North, where, where can you be planting these seeds that are going to allow others to gather around that and change their lives and we know that as we do that our lives change too but the one thing that is certain this year is that we could live focused on others. I love that song we sang at the start of this service, that there's a world outside our window. Like, I love that. I love that expression. You know, little kids love looking out the window. My kids do. They, they, they don't like letting each other look out each other's windows. It's real weird. But anyway, I digress. But you know, you're driving your car and sometimes you just get from A to B and you, you, you're not even looking around. We don't always appreciate what's right in front of us what's right next to us because we get familiar with it. There is an entire world outside of our windows waiting for us to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. How will you be a part of that this year? And I'd simply love to just pray for each one of us that we would be a part of taking that kingdom of heaven and bringing it to earth. And that we would see Jesus move in our lives and in the people who we come across. And that his kingdom and his church would continue to be built the way he planned it, which is through his people, through you and through me. And that the small little beginnings, the small little things that we set out and set out to do today as we, as we even leave here, that we would get to the end of the year and we would see how they've grown and how, how, how God has taken what we have put out, the seeds that we have planted, and seen them grow. Could I pray for us? Why don't we stand together? Lord, I thank you that You have called us not just to to live these earthly lives here, but You have called us to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't despise the small beginnings, that we wouldn't put off taking a step in the right direction, because it seems too insignificant or or maybe even just too hard or, or that it won't matter. But Lord, You would help us stay true to what You're calling each person to, that in our world, we would be able to sow these little seeds and see them grow your kingdom. Lord, I thank you that we get to be a part of growing your kingdom. That you would call us to be a part of your plan in in bringing this kingdom of heaven to earth to see lives changed. And so Lord, I pray at the beginning of this year, we would grab a hold of those small little seeds that you've put in our hand and that we would watch them grow into all that you're calling it to be. Thank you, Lord. Amen.